Hey, this is Jeremiah Latimo, and this is Gates of Perception. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for joining. And if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Thank you for being here. So I haven't made a life update episode in a while. And these episodes are really just an opportunity for me to share what's happening in real time in my journey, in my path, maybe my career, and just things that are unfolding for me. Um, and I like to share these episodes because I like to just give a glimpse into my experience. And in one way, I hope that those episodes or these episodes help someone else feel less alone in something they're navigating struggle that's coming up and yeah so i just love doing that and i haven't made one in a while and i was inspired to make this one today because i was looking through the reviews for the podcast and there was one recent one from james c smile james if you're listening to this man thank you so much for this recent review It really made me smile and it really inspired me to make another life update episode because I was really unaware of how it impacts you guys. So I'm going to read the review really quick. I haven't left the review of this podcast, though I've listened to it all year. As I reflect back on this past year, I can see that this podcast is one of the gifts of 2023 for me. I am so thankful that Jeremiah has a platform. I truly value his insights. I take the episodes in small doses so I can truly absorb them. Journal about what it makes me think about. An episode that stands out to me in retrospect that I've re-listened to is my personal and spiritual journey so far. I remember tearing up listening to that. I also really enjoyed living with trust issues. This podcast has a special place in my heart. And yeah, he goes on to share uh, a few other pieces here. But thank you so much for that. I think I underestimated how valuable these episodes are to uh, our listeners and the people that take the time to pop this podcast on and uh, spend their days with me. So today's our life update episode. I am going to be exploring what's been going on with me specifically with my purpose because I feel that's most relevant for me to share because it's the thing that I am thinking about the most right now Um, and it's also come up a lot in discussions with my personal clients uh, and also my communities Um, a men's group that I recently ran in December, when we concluded a lot of what the men were unpacking and exploring in their own journeys was their relationship to purpose. So I feel it's relevant for me to talk about it, but I also feel it's very relevant uh, collectively um, because I feel like many of us are transitioning and are experiencing big changes and shifts. And a lot of those changes and shifts are happening internally. And it's having us take a look at our lives 
in a way that we may not have before, not just our relationships, but our relationship to life and our relationship to fulfillment, to meaning, to purpose and to service. And I'm doing a lot of that myself right now in a way that I hadn't before. So I want to talk about that and share some of that with you today in this episode. So yeah, let's let's get into it. So I think a good place to start is recently I have been having this itch, this creative itch to venture into something new, venture into something that I've never done before. And if you don't know, outside of my work, outside of what you may know me for, I'm a visual artist. I am a poet. I have been painting and drawing most of my life. And I'm also a creative designer. So a lot of my inspiration is drawn from things that I've learned and cultivated um, as an artist. Like the perspectives I bring and how I bring them forward is really just my relationship to my own creative imagination. And sometimes I filter that through discussions around relationships and things like that. But a lot of me at my core is an artist. I can't change that. And I don't want to. And so part of being an artist is having this relationship to the spirit of inspiration. And that relationship is very, it's, it's a beautiful relationship, but it can be very overwhelming. Because when you are sensitive to the voice of inspiration, you are sensitive to the touch of inspiration it can be difficult as an adult where you are essentially having to confine yourself in some way to doing one thing, to being one thing, and to labeling yourself as that one thing and presenting that to the world in your work, in your expression, and in your identity. So if you have that relationship to inspiration, it can become a challenge just as much as it can be inspiring and be ecstatic and blissful and moving and profound. It can be very challenging because you are sensitive literally to the touch of spirit, to the touch of inspiration. And the touch of inspiration is ever-changing. It's always moving through you. It is not a stagnant spirit. It doesn't stay and say, we are just going to be this, and we're going to remain as this. That is not how the spirit operates. It is moving in accordance with life, and life is movement. And so for me, it makes it very difficult because that sensitivity activates at times where I don't want it to activate. I may be working on a project I remember um, especially earlier in my 20s, 
I'm working on a project and I'm starting it and or maybe I'm working on a new piece. This happened all the time. I'm working on a new painting and I'm super excited about it and I'm going in and I'm like, oh my God, this painting that I have in mind would look really great if I did it with a whole different uh, subject and a whole different background with a whole different setting and theme. And that, oh my God, that right there, oof, chef's kiss, like, let's do that. And this will happen multiple times within the span of uh, two weeks, and I haven't even completed the project. And so it's like, on some level as well, it's like, I am in a state of play. And when I am in a state of play, my inner child, I'm essentially surrendering to the creative imagination of my inner child. That is the one that I am yielding to. And part of yielding to the creative imagination of the inner child is that if you watch a real child in real life, it has a beautiful relationship to organized chaos so a child if you observe a child it can move gracefully it can do its thing but you'll just watch it start wrecking just start creating chaos out of nowhere it might slap you it might move a bottle around it might just start uh, jumping up and down and making noise out of nowhere and you're like what the hell is going on and it'll be the most beautiful creature you've ever seen, the most joyous being you've ever seen in your life, the next moment. And children oscillate between these two states of organized, destructive chaos and peaceful, blissful, joyous harmony. And for me, they really embodied this understanding that destruction is an act of creation like we are constantly destroying as we create i say all that to say that as 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 an artist being in this moment where i'm interacting with this aspect of myself it wants to destroy it wants to well let's scrub this project and let's move on to something else let's keep creating let's do something else why are we confining ourselves why do we want to be boxed into a mold of we are portrait artists or we are an artist that produces these types of styles of paintings or pieces? And I'm like, damn, like you really just want to do away with everything that we are essentially creating ourselves in the image of. And it's hard to surrender to that and to find comfort and safety in that when you live in a capitalistic society at the end of the day and where other people also are going to encourage you to box yourself in to say well you have to be that thing it's going to be weird to see you doing something else, to see you creating something else, to see you expanding outside of the lines in which you have 
essentially drawn for yourself or that we've drawn for you. And so fast forward for me as, as an adult now, being in this space where I'm having conversations around relationships and around uh, dating and men's work and masculinity and femininity, there is a part of my body that is itching for something, something that does not pertain to any of this. And there's a part of me that's like, how do we surrender to that? How do we make space for that? When we've come to the conclusion that this is our calling, this is our purpose. And for me, I'm relating to all of this now differently because it is a similar dynamic that I found myself in, in terms of creativity, but also in terms of like my identity and like how I relate to my purpose in my work. And what's really helping me is to understand that my purpose isn't something that I'm doing. If I see it as something that I'm doing, then I can't move from it. I can't change, shift, mold, rewrite. I can't make any changes to it because it is what I do. Now, when I see my purpose as the essence of what I am, then for me, that conversation feels a lot more flexible and it feels a lot more fluid and it feels more genuine and has more room for authenticity. And so it helps me not see the purpose as a lane that I find in my life and I commit to, but rather a relationship to myself when I am intentional, when I am purposeful, and I am connected to something that is beyond my own ego mind and its desires and pursuits. So I don't feel that my purpose or my calling is a career path. That to conflate a purpose or to conflate my calling as a career path would be to deduce myself or to shrink myself honestly because it, it i feel for myself it's it's so much more than that and i think it creates that box that people get into where there is this agitation and i hear it all of the time especially with clients there's this agitation of like what i'm doing now isn't a part of my purpose the person I may be speaking to works in the corporate world and they're, you know, managing a team of individuals or they are working at a store that they don't like or doing a job that they don't enjoy. And I have these conversations with my younger brother, especially during this time in his life 
where he's recently turned 21 and he's doing all of these jobs that he really has no passion about but he's inviting me on our calls he's asking about the things that he can do during this time of his life because all of these jobs don't fulfill him they fulfill his pockets they fill what he needs to do to you know put gas in his car and get himself food but they don't fulfill him and he's exploring art he's exploring music and it's so beautiful to witness it's beautiful to watch his journey unfolding in this way because it mirrors so much of my own during that time but this agitation that we experience where we're like i'm not doing my soul's work i'm not doing what my soul was meant here to be doing it is a lie it is a myth that we tell ourselves to feel more disconnected from our present reality it creates the agitation and the frustration that we feel the soul is directing towards us or that god is directing towards us or our ancestors who manifested us from their love and their prayer is directing towards us none of which is true when we're in this space of i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing this is not my purpose this isn't my calling that is the frustration but that frustration belongs to you it doesn't belong to anyone else so this idea that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing here it creates more separation because it's built on an illusion that you can be doing something now that isn't already aligned with what you came here to do if i at that time of my life look back now like i'm looking back now in retrospect i've explored many different paths i've tried many different things you'd be amazed at how many things that i've tried it's it's actually comical <laughs> i can, you can list out about like 10 different roles uh titles or skills and i'll most likely tell you i have done that or i possess that skill and so when i was a graphic designer i was doing graphic design because that is what felt most inspiring to me that is what i felt most passionate about at that time and at a later point in my life that changed and i entered into the marketing world and entered into the branding world and was in the corporate life with a desk job as an account manager working with clients managing large budgets and going to conferences and i was like okay this is my life now i guess and this was like me coming into this 
after an intensive four years of just deep meditation, fasting, Tai Chi, breath work, and mystical experiences I had. And now I'm like plopped into a box. I'm sitting here in an office, a, a cube, and I'm having conversations with these guys about their budgets and ROIs and KPIs and things like that. I'm like, okay, I guess that's what this was supposed to take me to. And it's awkward, but it's only awkward again, because I make it awkward. It's not awkward to the spirit. It's not awkward to my soul. Because in retrospect now, I can see why that happened. I can see why I was in that exact position. But at that time of my life, I was like, oh, no, like, this is wrong. Like, okay, like, man, I maybe I'm missing it. Maybe I don't get it. Maybe I fucked it up here and goddamn, I should have been on the mountain somewhere. Oh, maybe I'm only here to earn the money that I'm earning so that I can get out of here and become a monk or God is going to send some kind of teacher to come walk in here and take me out and you know we're gonna we're gonna go off on a trip into the desert for 40 nights in that i'm constantly creating some wedge between me and what my soul is revealing to me and so even during my time there i actually stopped doing that i realized i said wait Everything that I'm seeking in a spiritual role, in a spiritual life, is right here in this role that I find myself in as this account manager. And it changed everything for me. I realized, wait, that sense of spirit that I feel lacking in the world that I'm here to imbue it with? Oh my God, look at this work environment. The conversations that I was hearing between other account managers and their clients, I was like, why is none of this heart-led? Everyone here has a shell that they're wearing. They're operating off of a script, literally a script. I was like, there's nothing here that's organic, that's fluid, and that's alive. And I said, whoa, fuck a mountain, fuck a temple. This is the temple. I'm right here. And this space is in need of spirit. And if I have some connection to that spirit, then it is my responsibility on behalf of spirit, on behalf of heaven, to bring that into this space. So that is literally what I spent my time doing. I started to enjoy work even more. And so every conversation I started to have, even with my clients, I would pause. I would say, hey, man, like, how's it going? Like, what is going on with your family? Tell me about your son. And we would have long extended conversations. And I would literally be breaking the mold, be breaking the script of what I was supposed to be doing as an account manager. And I started to carve my own path there that felt more led by what I valued as a human being. And so that changed the landscape of my view of the work that I was doing. 
I was like, wait, God is here. What the hell am I like? How did my ego convince me that God can be God could be with a monk? God could be with a prophet. God could be with everyone. But God can't be in this room right now. God can't be in this conversation. Wow, I'm like humbled right now. You know, thank you for this experience. Thank you for the guidance that has revealed my work here for however long I am intended to be here. Like, let me be present now, knowing that the presence of God is with me, knowing that the presence of God is in this room. How can I be in devotion to that spirit? How can I be in devotion to that presence? And it changed everything. And so if I'm oblivious to that fact, walking through work, miserable, oh my God, there's no spirit here. I am that very thing that I am essentially side-eyeing in others. I was embodying it. Oh my God, look at these guys, look how they carry themselves. They're literally going out on their lunch break to smoke cigarettes. Ugh, filthy, disgusting. I am that very thing. In that state of mind, I am also lacking the very spirit that I am accusing them of not possessing. Because what am I missing there? I am missing the invitation presented to me by the force that allows me to see something greater, maybe that that person is capable of, right? Or that the, the conversation is capable of going into. If there's a surface level conversation about the weather or some small talk why cry and pout about it what is the what is the point of that if i see something that i can imbue there then how can i bring that forward and this is me recognizing my role as a co-creator i am a co-creator I don't leave everything up to God and say, well, yeah, it's your job. It's your responsibility. That is, that is to just completely dismiss my own existence and to dismiss the presence of God within me. And so it changed a lot when I started to operate like that. And I started to see all these opportunities unfolding in all aspects of my life as moments in which I was in my purpose. And so this relationship we have with this sense of lack we feel around not doing things that are purposeful, they're often strategically implanted into our minds by a spiritual community that has monetized our desire for purpose. Think back to when the word purpose was everywhere you looked at, was at the front page of a bestseller. This has become a selling point 
for this spiritual community and this capitalistic society we live in wants us to be aiming for something, to be producing, to be constantly striving for something greater. And now here you come, this spiritual community that tells you, well, now we have this new word and we're going to plaster it everywhere. And this word is purpose. And how we're going to define that purpose is to show you how you're not in it. It's to reveal to you how far away you are from your purpose. And in order for you to connect to your purpose, you have to follow this teacher. You have to buy this book. But you have to go everywhere but where you are right now in your life. So you see this agitation we feel with our lives and what we're doing now is a thought that has been artificially planted into our minds. And so when we are focused on what others have, on what others define as purpose, on what purpose looks like manifested for others, we are we have lost sight of what God has in store for us. We have lost sight of what is happening now in our lives where our spirit, our soul is saying, I am meant to be planted here. And how can we nurture the soil of where we have been planted? How can we be present with the interactions that are presented to us every day? Where spirit is present and spirit is inviting us to be manifested through our voice through our vision, through the way we live and express ourselves. So me, when I was a graphic designer, to being in the marketing world, to branding, and even when I thought I was lost in Mexico, wandering, searching for answers, each of those moments in hindsight I can see were clear steps towards exactly what I was seeking. But again, I, as a human being, I, I have such a narrow vision that it takes time for that vision to become more broader, to become more holistic, and to become more encompassing and vast. To really see how there's no step that I could take that will ever take me off my path. Because in some way, I am the path itself. And that the path, in a way, has already chosen me. We are destined to be together. There's nothing I can do to shake that. There's nothing I can do to walk away from it. It will always find me. It's like this thing my mother says, <laughs> sometimes we'll catch up and I'm like, oh, how did you know that? Like, she'll mention like a funny fact, like, oh, you know, I was thinking about you the other day and I was hoping you're doing well. And I was like, man, that's crazy, mom. Like the other day I was, you know, I had a hard day or um, I was really sick. And she's like, yep. She says exactly this. Yep. You see, we're always connected. No matter what, Jeremy, I am always with you. You cannot, you cannot escape me. 
And she says it in a similar way, but like in a with with Swahili and things like that. But she always reminds me of that. Anytime we're on a conversation and even though we haven't seen each other in about a year and she just always reiterates that I am always with you. There's no separation. There's no time and space that could ever sever our bond, could ever sever our connection. Nothing. I'm always with you. I can always feel you. I can always tune into you. Is what she's always reminding me of and which I love and appreciate. And it reminds me a lot of my relationship with God, my relationship with the Divine Mother, but also my relationship to my own essence and my own path. There's nothing I can do to sever that which I already am. And so in relationship now to my purpose, I am finding ways to make room for the things that call to me deeply while also being committed to the things that I have established and want to continue to establish, like my community, my career as a speaker and as an author. And even now, I am looking in retrospect that the marketing helped me understand how to market myself when the time would come. <laughs> that information was valuable to me. It aided my purpose. It aided my calling. And the reason it did, because it wasn't separate from the calling itself. The calling just took a different vehicle and it will continue to take different vehicles but each of it is a embodiment of the calling. And so the same with graphic design. I, for a long time, have had to create all of my designs, my website, everything. I did it all. And from my customer service experience for my clients and the people that join my workshops, I streamline that whole process because I understand how the systems work, but it's because I gained that knowledge in these other spaces. Now to the version of me that was thinking, ah, oh, this is pointless. What am I doing this for? Secure this guy's vacation, you know, that I'm calling my boss or to make sure his children have generational wealth is really all I'm here to do. But in that, all of that was purposeful. All of it was meaningful because I thank myself for those skills now. They've made my life a lot easier. Even when I hire people or bring people on, I know how to vet their work because I've been a part of that system and I understand the mind and the quality needed to produce something that I would assume is of high quality. And so I am sitting here now in the present. I can foresee what the things that I'm doing now are leading to, right? I can see it now. And so for me, my difficulty is 
how much of that can I start to integrate? Because it's very exciting. Like when you have a relationship with inspiration, you are always excited and eager. You can feel what is coming in. You can feel what is being born and what is brewing inside the womb of creation or your own um, creative imagination, something that wants to be born. And so I can feel it. I can feel it. And it's about not being ruled by that excitement, but making room for it in a way that feels uh, sustainable. You know, so there are conversations that I want to host. Uh, There are things that I want to talk about, especially about faith and God. (laughs) I want to create more space for it. I had a recent conversation with a client that was shocked. (laughs) They were shocked. They were like, this is like a synchronicity. I didn't know that you were so deeply passionate about spirituality and mysticism. And I was like, I get it. Like, I understand why you might be surprised. Because a lot of that doesn't really surface on my pages and my conversations a lot outside of maybe some of these podcast episodes but it it was something that i was like oh my god i want to create more spaces for these conversations and to just talk about faith and and god and spirituality and and mysticism and yeah that's that's a big one and you know my relationship to africa and there are things that I want to create as far as nonprofit organizations to aid the people of Congo and a lot of things that I am just making sure that I have the patience that is going to be required for these things because they are, they, they, they're a process, you know, so that's, that's the thing that's happening for me right now is just being able to cultivate that level of patience right now because I think when we see things that are on the horizon, we want them to essentially, you know, anchor themselves into our reality now. But that's not how these things work. They take time. So the thing I'm doing for myself to support that excitement as well as the patience is to find pockets where I can nurture that yearning, nurture that desire. So there is a Sufi order here in New York that I'm making space to attend and to show up for different classes and different events where I can nurture this desire to be in conversation about God and faith. And I'm also joining a program. I recently joined one for this year. It's a 12 month program where I will be learning from several teachers and several Sufi masters and other seekers, other people that are that possess a desire to learn about Sufism 
and death as a spiritual practice. So it's a 12 month program and I'm really excited about it. So this, this is one way that I'm making space for the things that I'm yearning to create myself, right? To be the active creator of and to enjoy participating and being in a state of receiving from the wisdom of other people that are that are creating these things as well and have established them and there's a lot of things like that that i am finding spaces where they can be nurtured these desires uh a lot of it is just about being able to notice where someone is doing something that i want to eventually at some point do and having a conversation with them i find that is also deeply fulfilling as it would be to create that on our own or to make that leap towards it it's like it's like at a certain point where i wanted to um where i wanted to be a graphic designer you know like at that time i didn't have the skill set but it was great being around my friend's father who was a graphic designer for 30 years and had made hundreds of thousands of dollars and it was just great seeing his designs and his work and his passion behind it and at that time that was the bridge that i needed that was the space that i was yearning for and that fulfilled me and in a way that's all i could hold at that time me as a graphic designer in a role doing that that was too much that would have been overwhelming i just liked the thing i was inspired by it but having someone being in that space helped me connect to that and see if it was something that i wanted to really do so i say that all to say this last piece is just important that if there's anything that i share that resonated with you around purpose and uh your calling and service to the world it's about one asking yourself based on all of the things that i've gone through what has life been preparing me for when i think about the things that come natural to me what has life been preparing me for it's important to lean in when you are curious about your purpose or your calling the things that come most natural to you are evidence of what you've already chosen to do here avenues in which you have chosen to express your divinity and express your genius so i recommend to lean into that lean into it as much as you can and to also if you are someone that is in a space where you don't feel like soul is present or the work that you're supposed to be doing is purposeful enough like ch- i challenge that i advise and encourage you to challenge that what about that screams god is not here what about you and in that role screams there's no room for spirit here outside of your own limitations and the limitations of what you believe to be possible where is there room for you to expand your perspective around that 
what you see lacking in the world is a reflection of what you are here to offer it. There's a reason you notice those things. It's not a coincidence that you notice where there's lack and that someone else doesn't see it. You have been gifted that lens for a reason. It is because that lens is supposed to guide you towards what you are meant to create. So the lack isn't really supposed to lead to frustration. It is a opportunity to create. It is a yearning for you. The lack is the yearning for you, for your uniqueness, for your unique spirit. I have a friend on Twitter that says, thirst exists because water exists. Or water exists because thirst exists. But I think that's enough in itself. I don't have to explain it. I hope any of this that I shared uh, has helped you in any way. And this is what I'm navigating in real time. I'm overwhelmed with a lot of different yearnings and longings for a lot of different things in terms of creation and the world and projects. And I am holding these yearnings with reverence and also trying to keep them on a tight leash and doing my best to make space for them in the ways that I feel are most sustainable. So thank you for listening to today's episode. I want to send you all of the love. And yeah, if there's anything here that spoke to an experience you're having, feel free to message me on Instagram and tell me about it. I would love to hear that. I'd love to know more about your journey. And until next time, wish you a beautiful day and a beautiful evening. Peace.